Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Full Access Pacers. I'm your host, Corey Waldron, a.k.a. K-Wall Hoops. I know, I know, I know. It's been a little bit since the podcast has been dropped. Um, we are going to be getting on a set schedule. More of information in regards to how that all looks and what will be going on uh, will be streamlined on the outlet, uh, the other podcast that I do host and have been hosting for um you know, almost seven years now. Holy shit. Um, but that has been in a hiatus as well. Uh, of course, life has a funny way of popping things up. Um, with that said, we're going to be talking about the Indiana Pacers, who at this point in time are 14 and 13. They're sitting at sixth in the Eastern Conference. It's It's been a it's been an interesting week, if you will. Uh, the Pacers have played five games in the last seven days, two of those being back-to-back. Uh, this is... This past loss to the Brooklyn Nets was the first loss on a back-to-back the Pacers suffered all year long. And the loss to the Brooklyn Nets was sad. It it was a bad loss. The Brooklyn Nets were without seven of their top scorers. That's being Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, TJ Warren. Uh, all those guys didn't play. Durant didn't travel with the team. I know uh, Scott Agnes wrote a really good piece about why it's just not good to have all those guys sitting out. I know Nets fans um, have been jumping on his article and his story and are in his mentions pretty much shitting on his take because the Pacers still lost. This has nothing to do with the Pacers loss. So I just want to preference that first before I say what I'm going to say. The Pacers losing has little to nothing to do with why people and fans and reporters are not thrilled by the Nets resting seven of their top seven guys against the Pacers. Now, it's embarrassing for the Pacers to lose that game 100%. They should never have lost that game last night. That That is embarrassing. It is, it is poor. Um, the effort level, I mean, again, they were out-rebounded, I think, 29-9. to I mean, that is disgustingly bad effort. Again, the Pacers were on a back-to-back. They have played a lot of games as well this past week. I know the Nets were playing their ninth game in 14 days. So, again, their schedule has been just as brutal as well. But the whole issue with resting guys is it's on the road, right? So think about this. It's a Saturday night, 7 o'clock. You got tickets to see Pacers Nets. You're hoping to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because you only get two chances a year in Indiana to see those guys come to town, right? So you have you you have two games. 
to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is one of those top players as well when he's fully healthy and, and right. You don't get to see any of those guys. You don't even get to see the guys after that. So again, it's not a, it's not it's not like we're complaining that the guys didn't play because we wanted a hard win. Again, we lost. It has nothing to do with the with the outcome of the game. It's simply a matter of the product and what Pacer fans are paying for. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I feel like that's cut and dry. It, it's 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 bad on the league and for the game when fans pay to see their team play against star level talent and said star level talent doesn't play because of rest. Again, if you want to rest guys, I'm perfectly fine with that. You don't need to rest all seven on the same fucking day. All right? You don't need to. Rest Durant and Kyrie, make Simmons and Claxton play. Rest Durant, Simmons, let Kyrie play. Someone should be fucking playing. It's a road game. Fans pay good money to see these teams and see these games. And to not have your top seven guys play, it's a slap in the fucking face. It's disrespect. It's um, maybe not disrespectful isn't the right word, but it's a disservice to the Indiana Pacers fan base for not being able to see star level talent come into town. It's not a good look. I don't care if the Nets are contending. There's still only a game and a half between the Pacers and Nets in the standings. I guess the Pacers should have been resting guys too. I guess I just, I don't like, I don't like the resting. I get resting. I'm, Totally fine for resting. I have no issue with teams taking um, Embiid, Giannis, LeBron, Durant, or like any of these guys. I don't care if they're taking time to rest because the season is very long and it's all about the playoffs at the end of the day. I have an issue with resting your top seven guys. Doesn't matter who won. Doesn't matter who lost. I have an issue with you resting your top seven guys. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for me no matter who you are. If you're on the road, that especially for the people who are a small market team, these kind of games are important for them. It's a disservice to the fans. It's a Saturday night. If it was a week night, I even would be like, yeah, it's okay. It's a week night. It's a Saturday fucking night. The Nets gave their top seven scores the fucking weekend off. Come on. And maybe not the weekend off because they still played Friday night, but even still, you get what the point I'm saying. So to all the Nets fans who have been bragging, saying we played our B team and you still lost, good for you guys. Honestly, Nets have been playing really good basketball. They're they're they are looking like a serious threat. They are looking like their chemistry is getting back in the rhythm. So again, I, I have a lot of love for the Brooklyn Nets because of my guy Nick Fay and Jack Manuel host the Brooklyn Buzz podcast. Be sure to check that out if you're looking for Nets content. So I, again, I love the Nets. The Nets are probably if I'm talking about teams that I follow on a, a daily. Um, and weekly basis, the Nets are one of the, those five teams that I follow. You know, it's it's the Pacers up in, you know, top of the list. Uh, I do live in New York for those who aren't aware. So I do keep up with the Nets and even the Knicks to, to that extent because a lot of my friends are Nets and Knicks fans. Um, but it's Pacers, Nets, Knicks. And I'd have to do a little bit of thinking about who the other two teams are that I truly do follow. The Lakers probably do fall in that picture because uh, I do like LeBron James a great deal. Um but again, it's 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 not it's not it's not good. I think the resting thing we need to figure out. Maybe that you can only rest three guys a night or four guys a night. Maybe not seven. I don't know. Maybe not seven. Seven is a little bit a lot. Seven is a lot, right? Seven guys really You're not going to play your top seven guys. And again, no discredit. Not taken away from the the embarrassment that is the Pacers' loss. They should feel embarrassed. They should be absolutely embarrassed. By losing that game, especially when they had a double-digit lead and they went 
I think the Nets were on a 25 to seven run. It was, it was embarrassing. It was, it was a disgusting second half performance by the Pacers. Um, but yeah, I think I got that out of the way. Shout out to Cam Thomas. Um, he was an absolute menace last night for the Nets. I think he scored, I don't know, 21 points in the fourth quarter, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. I felt like he was scoring everything he wanted, scoring at ease. The Pacers, who are 14 and 13, um, we're starting to see some some uh, kinks in the chain, some kinks in the armor, if you will. Uh, the West Coast road trip, which the Pacers are notoriously bad on to begin with, was not good. I think they went two and five. Uh, obviously, we had a couple high moments. You know, the 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 Nemhard game winning three over LeBron. Um, his fantastic performance against the Golden State Warriors in Oracle. So there were a couple highs from that road trip, but the Pacers really fell back down to earth on that road trip. Obviously, back home, took care of business Friday against the Wizards. Fell short last night. They got the Miami Heat on Monday, which I do believe will have Victor Oladipo playing his first game in an opposing uniform against the Pacers. That should be interesting and entertaining to watch. Um, But with the Pacers' loss last night kind of segues me into – the next topic of, I don't want to say concern, but of of interest is the fact of what is the point of this season? What, what are we looking to do here, right? And what I mean by that is we're 14 and 13. We're six in the Eastern Conference. We've already, you know, again, I've been living by this mantra of I have no expectations. There's zero expectations. Whatever the Pacers do, I'm happy. I thought they were going to be a bottom five team. They ended up being worse than that obviously or better than that excuse me um so they are somehow in the top six in the east i expected them to be abysmal to not be worth watching most nights and they are exciting they are fun they are competitive they come back in games no lead feels too big for them to overcome to some degree despite some terrible starts like against the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves. That first quarter was dreadful. It looked like that was going to be a blowout. The Pacers looked terrible, and they made that a game. And if you take away the first quarter, the Pacers probably win that game had they just had four more points or five more points in the first quarter. So, again, this Pacers team is extremely fun to watch. I love what we're building. I love the the camaraderie that is clearly a part of this team. feels like everyone roots and lo- loves each other. Um, Rick Carlisle has even gone on record saying this is one of the best teams he's ever coached, and he's even coached a championship team. So you like hearing that stuff. That is all great stuff to hear. Tyrese is truly becoming um, one of the best point guards in the league, and dare I say the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. A guy who's averaging 20 and 11, shooting splits of – was he shooting from the field? 48% still, I believe. If not, yeah, 48% from the field, 41% from three on seven attempts. He is the point god. There, there was there was Steve Nash, there was Jason Kidd, there was Chris Paul, and now we have Tyrese Halliburton. This is a point god. This The way this guy is able to pick his moments of when he needs to be aggressive and score, vice versa to when he needs to pass and facilitate to get other guys involved, you, don't, you can't just teach that kind of basketball feel, that kind of IQ. For a guy who's 22, what Halliburton is, is truly, truly special. So I'm, I'm thrilled with what we've been seeing from him. I think a clear, a clear leader in the most improved category, at least at this point in time. Um, Benedict Matherin, rookie of the month for October and November. He's been an absolute stud off the bench. Obviously, he had the one start against the Warriors, which didn't go all that well. But more or less, he's been absolutely fantastic off the bench. Probably number two in the rookie of the year race behind Paulo Benquera, um, who has missed some time, but I still think Paulo is obviously getting starter minutes playing in a bigger role. I think he's clearly been a little bit more a little bit more efficient and better. Um, but you can't you can't deny what Benedict Matthews been doing off the bench and at least seeing that that triple zero combination we got 
uh, is going to be really special to watch moving forward. Now, from this point, we need to address the two guys on the roster who are most expendable at this point in time, and maybe even three, right? So that's Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and TJ McConnell, I think are the most expendable guys on this roster with some sort of value. Uh, McConnell making around $9 million a year, being the, the the veteran point guard off the bench. Someone could possibly use him. But now when you look at Turner and Heald, those guys are more crucial pieces of what this Pacers team currently is. Obviously, Miles Turner is the defensive anchor, the floor stretcher, um, the, the leader, actually, if you will. I, I think he's really taken on that leadership role this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. He was a guy that I had stock on since he came into the league. I never stole that stock. I was positive Miles Turner was exactly who he was supposed to be year in and year out. Seeing him in the sole center role without Demonte Sabonis, we're seeing just how good he is, right? 17 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, 2.3 blocks, shooting splits of 55, 50, uh, 55, 41, and 80. Missed a couple free throws last night, which wasn't great. Patriots still lost that game, not all on him, but he didn't play super well down the stretch, in my opinion. Um, but this this Miles Turner piece has been really fun to see this year in the Soul Center position, contract year, playing his ass off. I hope the Pacers re-sign him, but we are at the point in time with – Turner and Buddy Heald, where you need to make a decision, right? We're at the fork in the road. Are we looking to be a middle of the pack playoff team in the East, or are we looking to get worse, acquire some assets, maybe some young talent, and go towards dropping in the standings to hopefully get a, a lottery pick, if not a, a Victor Wembenyama pick? Which, again, I think at this point, the Pacers are too far out of reach. They would need to completely blow this thing up to get as bad. Uh, as some of the other teams in the NBA in order to get Vic. With that said, I personally lean towards trading Buddy Heald. Um, I, I would keep Miles Turner. I would hope to keep him as a lifelong pacer because, again, with the, the, the type of center you want in the NBA, that pretty much is, you know, that that's Miles Turner. It's it's the it's the center who who can shoot threes. It's the center that can block shots, that can rebound, that can switch. Is the rebounding not as great as you would hope in the center position? Yeah, I mean, obviously Miles Turner. His one big Achilles heel has been injuries, of course, but the fact that he's not a great rebounder. He's definitely been better this year. But I would keep Miles Turner, and I would look to trade Buddy Heald, who is making significantly more money for the next two years, um, probably as the most value he's had in a couple of years at this point in time, averaging 17 points per game on 43% field from the field and 38% from three on nine and a half attempts. I would look to trade buddy, get another draft pick, get some sort of asset. Would I hate losing the three point shooting that buddy Hill has gotten for sure. The Pacers for the first time in my lifetime are one of the better three point shooting teams in the NBA. They shoot 40.3 attempts per game from deep. That's fourth in the league. They make, 14.9 per game. That's third in the league. And they shoot them at 36.8%, which is just outside the top 10. So yes, having the Pacers being a three-point team has been awesome to watch. I've enjoyed seeing this team as an offensive juggernaut at night at times. But Buddy Heal plays almost zero defense. The effort is not great on that end. It's been better, I think, than his time in Sacramento because the Pacers are a better team than those Kings team that Buddy Heal was a part of. But even still... 
there's just issues because he can't play defense. And you have a, a log jam at this guard position. I think Andrew Nebhard should be playing more specific, specifically because he can actually play good defense. He's one of the better defenders on this team, can hit the three-point shot. So if you were to trade Buddy Heald, you're increasing Matherin's minutes and workload. You're getting Nebhard more time. And then you probably give Aaron Nemsmith some more time as well while we wait for Chris Duarte to finally get back. Because again, Chris Duarte not playing has been um, kind of under the radar because the Patriots have been more or less pretty successful without him. But that road trip was was pretty was, – was was really the first time this season because Tyrese Halliburton had to sit out a couple of games as well where you kind of felt like, yeah, man, if they if they, if they had Chris Duarte, this would probably be a lot better from the guard position perspective. So, again, I think if you trade Buddy Heal, there's plenty of guys that can take on some of those minutes. But we need to figure out what we're doing here. So are are, are we going to trade Turner and or Heald to try to get some more draft capital, get some more assets, get a little bit worse so we're we're in that lottery sweepstake? Or are we looking to, to be competitive? Which, again, you could talk me in any scenario. I'm perfectly fine with this team being competitive if we're looking at it as, well, screw it. We can be a, a five seed, a six seed, maybe even get, you know, maybe even be a seven seed playing, which is fine. We'll be able to give Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton playoff reps their first ever playoff reps in their career i don't think that's invaluable i don't i mean look at the boston celtics right their first couple rebuild year years with jalen brown and jason tatum now again i'm not saying matherin and halliburton trip zero are the next tatum and brown because obviously those are wings and we're talking about guards here but i'm talking about the blueprint of, of those guys were immediately in high pressure situations during a rebuild well, the rebuild started kind of like right before them with the IT, um, Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, whatever. I digress. The Celtics are still the blueprint in my mind for this example. Those young guys got playoff experience so early on in their career. Again, Tatum's 24, has already been to the NBA Finals, having the best year of his career right now, has gotten better every year. I think if you're very young in the league, Getting those early playoff reps are certainly important. They make you hungrier when you lose. They 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 help you realize uh, different scenarios when the game is slowing down. Because again, playoff basketball is so much different than regular season basketball. The speed, everything, it gets more physical. It slows down. So I do think if we're looking to be a middle of the pack playoff team, there are plenty of benefits for that with this roster and these young guys on the team. I'm just saying. We need to make a decision on which way we're going to go because Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are completely linked to what path we're going down. If we make no moves and we just roll forward with this team, I'm going to be I'm going to be shocked and probably disappointed if we don't at least extend Turner. I need to know Miles Turner is going to be here, or I got to we got to get him out of here before something goes wrong. And and that's that might be a little bit, um, you know, that that's probably not the way to to go about this is saying to just trade him. Um, if you're not going to keep them, but I swear to God, if we lose Miles Turner for nothing this offseason, I'm going to I'm going to lose my mind. Now again, I w- I would be sure the Pacers work out some sort of sign and trade if they had to. Um, but but that is just kind of where my head's at right at this point in time when you see the Pacers lose such a such a bad game at home. Uh, when again the the Nets were out without their top seven starters, so when you have a game that you lose like that. It makes you really start looking at what the what the expectations and what the what the goals of this Pacers team are and should be. Again, I have no expectations, 
Let me just say that one more time. I have no expectations. But I need to have a sense of direction. I need to know what we're doing soon. I haven't needed that to this point through 20 to, you know, the first 25 games. I really haven't needed that. I didn't need to know. Okay. I was just riding the high. We're having fun. We're winning some. We're losing. It's okay. The young guys look great. Turner's having a career year. Heald's one of the best three-point shooters we've had in the history of, of this Pacers franchise. I'm, I was good with it. I'm all good with it. After last night's loss, I need something now. I need to know what we're doing. I need a little bit. Just give me a little bit. All right? That's all I'm asking for. Um, and that's going to really wrap it up for this episode of Full Access Pacers. If you joined on to hop on with the rant and just hear what's going on, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, this podcast is going to be coming out weekly. That's right, weekly. We're going to be doing a Sunday kind of recap every Sunday going into Monday. And I think I'm going to start doing uh, the morning pace, right? The morning pace. What is the morning pace? The morning pace is going to be me on my drive to work, giving a little two to five minute monologue about the game from the night before. Um, I'm stealing this from one of the Knicks content creators. She does like a Monday morning drive thing. So I'm going to do the Monday morning pace. We're going to talk about Pacer games. Um, not Monday morning, I should say, but the morning pace. And I'm just going to recap the, the game from the night before quickly on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at KWAL Hoops. That's K-W-A-L Hoops. Be sure to check out Pacers content. Uh, Pacers content is a Twitter hub for all and everything Pacers related. If you create podcasts, if you write articles, if you have a good tweet about the Pacers, DM that account. I will share it. I share anything and everything Pacers related on that account. And that's going to be what we're doing moving forward. If you're looking for overall basketball content um, and, and anything in regards to where I've been and what's been going on with my life, be sure to check out the outlet. Uh, that podcast is coming out shortly as well. I'm going to start looking to do a weekly show on this feed and a weekly show on that feed. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, that's where we're at. I apologize for the delay. Life gets in the way, but I'm back. Peace out, knuckleheads. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.